Hello, beautiful people, <laughs> and welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I am accompanied by two lovely, lovely, lovely people, and I would love for them to introduce themselves to you. Today, we're going to be talking about everything like reclaiming yourself, everything in between, starting something new, beginning again, all the things, being brave enough to try. So, yes, yeah, so welcome. Thank you for being here. Um, Adelia, if you could please introduce yourself, and then Ivana, Ivana, sorry, I'm just going in order of what I see, but yes. I was so hoping you would call on Ivana first. I can go. I Please, yes. <laughs> no, I'm here now. I'm going to do this. I'm not good at this. Uh, I'm Adelia Borishade. Uh, a lot of people know me as Picky Girl Travels the World. I am a traveler, uh, but I'm also in the business of helping Black women live life on their terms, not societies. Um, and so to that end, I have a YouTube channel, Picky Girl Travels the World, where I share educational and hopefully inspirational content meant to empower women to go after the life they deserve. Thank I you. think that was great. Yes, it was great. <laughs> Thank you. Ivana, if you please introduce yourself. Yes. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Ivana Robinson. I am a life and leadership coach, and I empower women who are disillusioned with the status quo to embrace rule-free 10 out of 10 living. That's what we're going for is 10 out of 10 days should not just be for vacation. Um, I, I'm on Instagram mostly, and I have a newsletter is where I connect with people and kind of talk about what's going on in the world and how we can reframe our perspectives and open our minds to different possibilities. So. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. I, I love that 10 out of 10 days. Um, and I think that actually goes into like the first question I have for you all, because I love watching both of you all's journey. I love when you're popping up on Adelia's uh, YouTube channel and watching your conversations. Um, and a lot of people I know watching probably feel like, oh, that's special for them, right? Like, but they're special people. Like they get to do what they want to do. They get to have 10 out of 10 days. I don't get to do that. And so I want to I wanna start before, like going back to where you were before you reached this place. What was your life like? What were you doing? Were you satisfied? Were you just like, I'm over it? I would love to hear both of you all story from where you started. All of the above. Uh <laughs> So I, before I moved to Mexico City, I was working in consulting. Um, I lived in DC. I had moved to Belgium for a bit with my job. So I think on the outside looking in, things were great. And there were aspects of my life that were very fun, but satisfied I was not. Um, I, I think I was trying a lot of different things to become satisfied, without actually asking myself the question of like, what what does satisfied mean to me, right? Like what, what if I'm, I'm trying to be more joyful, what does that mean? What does that look like? I was just trying to do the things I saw people doing that were happy <laughs> and realizing that wasn't actually making me happy. Um, and so when I moved back from Belgium, I became more serious about like, I really need to figure out for me what what I want to do because I was not happy with my job. Um, aspects of it were great, but I was not doing work that I loved. Obviously, I moved into coaching because I like connecting with people and one-on-one -on -one, um, and helping solve what I feel like are real problems, which is dealing with ourselves and and how to <laughs> how to how to have lives that we enjoy and and take back our agency in that way. 
Um, but I was going through the motions, you know, I, I went to college, I got the job, I did the things we're quote unquote supposed to do and was kind of shocked to learn that that was not an automatic recipe for happiness and fulfillment. So. Thank you for sharing that. Not an automatic recipe for happiness and fulfillment. I love that. I love that. Adelia, if you could please share. When I, when I think about who I was before, first of all, you said like, oh, y'all are special people. Uh, I don't mean to say this about everyone, but we're not special. There's, <laughs> we're not special at all. Um, but when I think about who I was in the before, um, happy was nowhere in my vocabulary, neither was fulfilled or satisfied. Really, I was just trying to make it through each day individually. And once I started to change my life and people were like, oh my gosh, I had no idea you were so unhappy. I did an excellent job at hiding how unhappy I was. People had absolutely no clue. So I think that actually made it worse is that I am suffering, I am unhappy, I'm unfulfilled, life is drudgery. Um, certain aspects of it were really killing me slowly. And on top of that, to me, everybody seemed oblivious, not knowing that I was doing such a good job of masking everything. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, sorry. Did you? Well, I mean, Please. I, yeah. I don't, I don't want to bring anybody down. <laughs> there was not You're a fine. lot of happiness in that part of my life. And, you know, I was married. I was working in the career I'd gone to school for. I had the big house on a one acre lot in the, in the suburbs, exurbs actually. Um, so Probably on the outside, it looks like a version of the American dream, um, but I was utterly miserable. Okay, first of all, I feel like that's very brave to admit, um, especially even looking back. But I do wanna ask, for both of you, I have questions. Adelia, when you were talking about hiding, I wanted to know like, for what reason, if you care to share, why were you hiding the fact that you were miserable and who are you hiding it from? I think part of it was uh, that's a that's an excellent question, and I've never really given it any thought as to why. Um, I think part of it was I didn't think people would understand. Like uh, there were so many problems with that marriage and that relationship. So you know, like you don't want to bring people into that. <laughs> you don't want to be the person that shows up and says, like, oh, my husband is an asshole. You know, you. <laughs> so there was keeping that part. And then it's just, and maybe I think now that I think about it, it's probably just a survival thing because my earlier life was very, very unhappy. And it was one of those things you just keep to yourself. You keep your head down and eventually this will be over. And that had helped me survive my childhood. So why not employ the same same strategy? Wow, yeah, that's really honest and it, and it resonates, right? This, nobody really wants to see this. And I, and I, even for myself, there's a certain, 
there's like this phrase going around that I love and it's like this I'm butchering it but it's like this bearable measure of unhappiness like whatever people are saying right like they feel like this is where I have to live like this is normal this is where I have to stay um and it's like no you don't you don't I have to stay yes, I think it's yes, that I think yeah. we are often telling ourselves especially black women like it's not as bad as it was or it's not as bad as it could be so like I'm just gonna deal with it as opposed to saying like, yeah, sure, it could be worse, but I deserve so much more. Like it is so normalized, I think. Yes, it is. I, I do think I agree with you a thousand percent. I do think, thank you, I'm easier said with Meg, a tolerable level of unhappiness. Yes. And, and I do think that there is this belief in this idea that black women do have to suffer, right? Like it's just the lot that we're given. We have to suffer. Yeah. We have to endure. We have to keep everything together. Nobody really cares about our pain because that has been our lot. I mean, since folks have gotten here, right? And it's like, no, actually we can, we can do something else. We can do something else. Um, Ivana, I do, I do want to ask you, um, when you were talking about, like, when you were talking about, you were having fun, but not satisfied. I do want to ask you like, what does satisfaction feel or like, what is it defined like now for you? It, 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 it's this, how do I define it? I would say it's just a level of contentment where like I wake up in the morning and I'm not dreading anything. Like, yeah, sure. I have responsibilities. I have things to do, but I'm not like, oh, another day I need to get through. I need to get through it. Right. Or I'm not waiting for the weekend to come. I'm not waiting for my next vacation to come. I feel good with the way that my life is right now. And that's not to say that, you know, things don't go wrong or everything is, is a hundred percent great all the time, but I'm not searching for something, I think in the same way that I was before. I love that searching. I do love that. I, I do want to ask you all, what point did you get to where you were just like, nah, like, this is not, this is not going to be my life. This is not what is going to be for me. Um, and how did you, first of all, when, what was the moment for both of you? Well, I had this whole goal of visiting all seven continents before I turned 30. So right before my 29th birthday, I took a cruise to Antarctica. And as I'm standing on the deck of the ship, I was just so at peace and just so like, oh my God, I finally did it. And that was when it clicked for me that I deserve to feel like this every day and not just on the deck of this ship. And so I got back home and I gave notice at my job. Jeez. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that's like, that's life, life changing. I love that because I, I do agree with that. Like that song, like everybody's, you know, everybody's living, it's not, it's working for the weekend, but everybody's living for the weekend, right? Like you're, yeah. you're doing the thing for that vacation. You're doing the thing for that moment. And you think like the happiness and the joy and the satisfaction um, that you're searching for has to be found like in the pockets, like in the corners and the crevices. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no one really tells us that actually you can just have a life that you love. And even when we hear it, it's really hard to believe it and accept it. I think yeah. for myself, it was hard to accept. So first of all, yes, leap of faith. Okay. Because <laughs> I would have to, me, I'm just like, does this make sense? I would have to have a plan, but you're just like jumping in. I, Do you have a plan? Partially. Like I had been planning, like I'm going to quit my job, but I had, you know, it was like at a certain time or things are going to figure themselves out. Um, and I realized that I was giving too much of myself to the job just to get through it, that I was too depleted to figure out what was to come on the other side. Um, 
and I did have the privilege at the time when I moved back, I moved back in with my family and friends in Colorado. So I did have the space to kind of say what comes next um, because I wasn't as concerned with like my bare minimum, you know, needs. Yeah. Bare minimum. Yeah. And one more question. Was there any shame that you felt about having to, well, not having to, but choosing to move back in with family and friends? A little bit. Like it wasn't, I, I, I wouldn't say it was shame at the time that I did it, but I think I did not utilize that support system earlier because I felt shame, right? What does it say about me if I have to move back home or th that I am moving back home? Not even necessarily I have to do something, but as opposed to it being an opportunity for me to kind of let go of some of these responsibilities for a period of time and figure out what's next for me. Um, it, it very much was, what does this look like? What does this say? Until I finally did it. And to a certain extent, it also kind of corresponded with the, the pandemic a little bit. So everybody was moving back in with their parents. That's real. Everybody was going through it, okay? A lot of us yeah. ended up back where we started. But I, I love that you had community number one to even fall back on. Um, and even if you felt that shame, like you still opted into that. Like, no, like I'm deserving of support. I'm deserving of space. Like, yes. I don't have to judge myself. Um, so thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Adelia, I do want to ask you for like hearing your story and where you were. What what was the moment that you were just like, something has to change? When Ivana talked about like just kind of getting through or you talked about like finding those pockets of happiness, that was my coping mechanism. Like I sort of ignored the greater unhappiness of my situation because there were these pockets where I could find happiness. And I was presented with an opportunity at work that anybody who knew me knew like, oh, this is perfectly in line with what you could do. and But it was going to require me to be out of the country for like three weeks during the school year. And you would think with only one kid at home, this would not be that big of a deal. And he clowned me. And in that moment, I just was like, I have been trying to do everything to make this work. And here is proof that no matter how much I try, it's not going to make a difference. And so I was like, you know, I could give up on this thing and I could keep doing what we're doing, but I didn't know how much longer I could take that. So I, I remember that moment very, very clearly. And then I was just like, in that moment, I just said, F it. I, I'm done. I'm I'm done. Um, and I started. I started. I, I don't think I've ever said this part publicly. I started planning. I was like, I'm out. I will file for divorce in the summer. And it didn't get that far because uh, he asked for a divorce via email. Via email. Because that's how pissed poor the communication was. But it was a ploy to be like, so I would get back in line. So I would be like, oh, so sorry. I'll be better. And instead, I replied to the email with, yeah, I think you're right. And all of a sudden, it was like we had this great love that had to be saved. And I was like, I'm done. I'm out. 
I, first of all, I'm sorry that you went through that. I'm sorry you had to experience that because that's ridiculous. Um, is it like when you said through email, like my blood pressure, just like, whoo, like I can't even <laughs> the audacity. Right. And, and trying to call your bluff, right. To, to kind of put you back in place, what you were talking about, like how was there community around you to support you around this? Or were you just like, I don't care. No. Okay. Yeah. No, no, yeah. uh, no. There wasn't. So, so. Oh, so how did you, so how did you I do want to ask because I know there are a lot of women who feel like that. Like, no, I have to, I have to stay. Like, this is kind of what I signed up for. And they feel like they don't really have support from other people or other people are telling them to keep staying in a situation that is harmful to them. Cause that is harmful. Um, how did you deal with, I guess, like I'm imagining there had to been some sort of fighting like for it or fighting uh what you wanted to do like how did you have the strength and the courage to be like no matter what i do choose myself uh it was i i have said this before publicly really in that moment i thought like i could continue to do this but what is that going to do to me and i didn't think i would survive it so i chose myself I love that. Thank you for choosing yourself. You for choosing I love yourself. that. I love and thank it. you for sharing that because I think a lot of people have like, what is it called? Like the sunken cost fallacy where it's like, oh, I spent all this time here. I've given all this to this thing and low key, like high key, it's killing you. Right. And the question really is like, what is the cost? Like what, what is the cost of you staying here versus trying something different? You know, and that, that, in that moment, that was probably the first time I'd chosen myself in 20 years. And so I was just like, you know, call me what you want. This is why I embrace when Stephanie Perry talks about selfish season, you know, because I know to a lot of people on the outside, that is what it looked like. Like I was being selfish because I wanted to go run off and do this thing and whatever. I will be the villain in somebody else's story. I do not care. Adelia, this, yeah. please, Ivana, please. No, I think that's, I think that's why we both, I think that's why we connect. I think that's why we do the work that we do of like, if I have to disappoint somebody, it's going to be somebody else. It's not going to be me. Um, and, and I love that Adelia is out here telling her story and sharing all of that because I know a lot of what I have learned or the choices that I make, I have made because women in my life either were not able to at, at the age that I did or have yet to figure that out about themselves. And I, I want so much, so much for all of us to be able to, to take our agency and, and make those choices, um, you know, earlier and to learn from it and to not make it as hard or to experience it as hard as maybe um, we have had it thus far or others have had it. Yes. Okay. So much of what both of you all said, like, being okay with being the villain in someone's story. I think a lot of people, the reason why they're not doing what they know they should do or what they feel like, not, I won't even say should, what they feel like this calling to them to do um, because they're afraid of like, what are the people gonna say? What people are gonna say, how they're gonna view you. A lot of people are trying to avoid being the bad guy or letting other people down. And like, as a recovering people pleaser, that has been my life. Like making decisions, not based on what I feel inside, what I know to be true, but based on how other people will react and respond. And and I want to ask both of you, how did, did you ever struggle with people pleasing or, and, and if you did, how you got, not go out, oh, got through that, got through that to be your own person? 
Yeah, I it is definitely a form of people pleasing because um, I wouldn't say it's as a whole that I was people pleasing, but I think there were expectations that were placed on me as the only girl, as the first to graduate from college, right? There were expectations about the life I was supposed to live and what it was supposed to look like and how I'm supposed to present in the world as a Black woman, et cetera, et cetera. And I think I was carrying all of those, all of that weight, right? As I was making decisions. And so if there were decisions that did not align, right? With with that facade, it was more difficult for me to make them because I wanted, I wanted people to understand, right? You want your people, what feels like for them to be on your side. And the reality is everyone else can have the opinions that they have about what you do or you don't do, but you're the only one who has to live with the consequences of that action. Yes. Sorry. I was drinking tea, but yes, <laughs> like it's, it's going to be your life, right? Like you're, we give so much responsibility to other people in whatever decisions we make, but we're the one that has to live with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Adele, you, did you? I, Adele, I never thought of myself as a people pleaser, but now that I think about it, I must, I obviously must have been because I cared a lot more, a lot more about inconveniencing other people than I did myself. Um, I don't know if I necessarily wanted, cause I guess when I think of people pleasing, I think of like trying to make other people happy. And I don't know that I did that, but I definitely put what other people or what I thought other people needed ahead of what was probably best for myself. So that's not a title I would have given myself, but maybe it fits or used to fit. Used to fit. I love that. Yes, absolutely. I do. I do want to ask you, like, what was the first step or the first few steps that you took to embrace this? Like you said, okay, enough is enough. Or I'm coming back here. Let me give myself space and time to figure out what I'm doing next. Like, what did you do next when you decided that something has to change? Yeah. Um, Well, like I said, I just kind of quit my job. (laughs) Like I came back uh, from vacation on a Friday. I gave notice on Monday. Um, And then a lot of it was, was, getting comfortable with, I don't know, being my answer, right? Because you quit your job, a a seemingly good job, right? You got the benefits and the things and the money and you don't have a job (laughs) lined up. What are you doing, right? People have questions they don't understand. Um, And so a lot of it was just getting comfortable. Like, I don't fully know what's next. I, I did start a coaching certification. I had ideas about what I wanted to do with that, but the world was shifting in a way that I was like, I don't, oh no, I'm kind of just out here. And it was incredibly uncomfortable, right? Because we we assign a lot of our our value and our identity to our work. And so to be like, I don't have a job. And also I chose not to have a job. Like there's a lot of ideas that come with that. And in order for me to get to the point of like, hey, I do kind of know what I'm doing or what I want to do next, I just kind of had to sit in the discomfort of, I don't know, I'm trying some stuff out and it is what it is. I love that. I don't like being comfortable with the I don't know, like and being and I don't know being 
legitimate. <laughs> like, no say, I don't know. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I'm figuring yeah. it out. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Nadalia, for you. I think for me, it was figuring out what I wanted because as a mother, we are not encouraged to think about what we want. It is you need to put those kids ahead of you. Um, I really dislike the idea that we have in the U.S. that mother is supposed to be a martyr. Um, and so I like literally sat down pen and paper and was like, if I could, what is the life that I want to live? What does that look like? What kind of things am I doing? And then from that list, I was like, okay, so how do I do this? I, okay. I, yes. Yes. Yeah. The, the idea that mothers have to be a martyr, because let's be real. It's not equal. Like parenthood is not equal. Marriage is usually not equal. Like it's, it's very much like expectant. It's, it's expected that mothers give everything, like even unto death for their children. Like you're going to go without eating. You're going to go without for your kids. And the same is not, the same is not set for fathers. Like fathers hold their kids for a day and they're like the best father in the whole wide world. Like women don't get praise for the labor, the constant labor, the constant laboring that they're doing for their families. Um, and for you, yes. Or that's for the you. only time they get praised. Mm -hmm. Nobody can, you know, when it comes to Mother's Day, I have to get off the internet because nobody talks about how smart, how beautiful, how kind their mother is. It is what she has done for them, how she has sacrificed. This shitty thing happened to my mama, but she kept going anyway. It's never about her as a person. So the only time I feel like mothers get celebrated is when they are like giving it all for everybody else. That breaks my heart that, yeah, because it's true. I mean, when I'm thinking about the Mother's Day post, not even just from the children, right? From the spouses, from the boyfriends, from whoever, uh, it's like, you gave so much and you, you helped me through, you know, it's like, it's never about like, you're beautiful, you're so smart, you're brilliant. I love having conversations with you. Like, it's always about serving someone else. Mm -hmm. And for you to, I feel like for you to step outside that role, one is sadly countercultural. It's countercultural. It's counter, uh, yeah, countercultural. And and how did you give yourself permission, like, to be like, I'm I'm not gonna be the, the martyr, not no more. I I guess once I decided to blow my life up, like, what's the point in holding back now? <laughs> you know, like, what is it they say? Don't do anything with your half ass. Do it with your whole ass. That that seemed to fit to me. Ah, oh, I love that. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, okay. So, so both of you all, of you first all, of all, I'm, I love that this like story starts in two separate places, but like has come together like brilliantly. Um, I do want to ask like, what were, what were the steps or the things that you did to like start off this new life? Like reclaiming, reclaiming yourself, you know, what, what was, what did that look like? What did it feel like? I... I started saying yes to the things that I wanted, even if they might seem stupid or trivial to other people. Because if it was something that I wanted to do, something I wanted to try, I went for it. I 
the thing in the back of my head just kept playing over and over. Like, it's your time to, to, to choose you and do the things that you want. And so that's, that would be how I moved forward, how I made decisions about like, oh, is this something I really want to do? Um, you know, I can think about somebody invited me right after I had moved out, somebody invited me to Thanksgiving and I am an introverted introvert going up over somebody's house on Thanksgiving with a bunch of people. I don't know. I could not think of much torture worse than that. But the old me would have been like, oh, that's kind of what's expected. You know, I'll be the nice friend. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not going. No explanation. I didn't care how they took it. I was like, nah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I love this. Permission, like to what I, what I wrote down was like, permission to like honor yourself and the way that you are made and that not trying to fit yourself into what other people think should be done to be respectable or to be seen as, you know, even kind, because we're always taught to be kind to other people over ourselves and you being put in that situation is not being kind to yourself, right? Like, it's like, you know, you don't want to go. I don't want to be here. You said you're an introverted introvert, right? So it's like, it's not a fun time for you. And Thanksgiving shouldn't be like a day of suffering just because this is what we should do and what we should be doing and not explaining. That's another thing. Um, I over explain. So this, I'm just writing down notes because this is giving me permission to not have to explain everything to everybody. Um, to see, I'm not person to call people. you out and be like, that's a lot of words for no. I don't need to hear all that. I love that. I love that. I love that. So Ivana, <laughs> for you, like what did your, what is your journey to where you are now? Like look like. Yeah, for me, I stopped focusing on the how. I think we often want to see the entire staircase before we take that first step or have an idea of what it has to look like. Um, you know, I live in Mexico City now. I have wanted to live in Mexico City since like 2015, but I was trying to make it work with like my corporate job and like there, there was the one way, right? As opposed to saying, I want to be in Mexico City. How can I make that happen? Right. I was very much trying to make it in this narrow box of how it had to happen. Um, and I think that's pretty common in that we have the thing we want to do, but because we can't see all the all the steps to get us there or the how seems impossible, we just don't do it. Um, and so I was just like, I want to do a thing. Let me take a step towards that. Um, Adelia is always asking me questions about like, what resources did you use when you finally moved to Mexico or like, what did you think about? And I was like, girl, I bought a ticket and I left. I didn't, I didn't figure none of it out. <laughs> I'm going to figure it out later. It'll, it'll come together. Um, and, and I had actually made a list at one point of like all the things that I didn't know, but had figured out. Right. Like I, I've gone through a lot of things in my life and I didn't have all the answers when I started out, but like, I, I'm here, I figured it, like I'm resourceful enough. I have the skill set. I can ask questions, I can do so. So like learning to be confident in myself and my abilities to figure things out as opposed to having everything figured out. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, what you said was profound, this, this idea of like not trying to figure out the how, right? Because when and if something happens, you have been through enough in your own life, right? To use those same skills you've acquired through those things to be able to apply in a situation. I think that we do, 
we do a lot of um, self-doubting and kind of like playing our face, like like we're not brave or we've never done anything scary before in our lives or things that we never knew how to do before, right? Mm-hmm. And those those experiences help us in the new experiences that we're having now. So yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Okay, Adelia, how did you how did you get to? I know that you did a lot of traveling, and I want to know like how you landed in Mexico City. By accident, <laughs> honestly, um, when I decided that I was going to go abroad, the easiest way, read that as the fastest way, was to keep doing what I was already doing, which was teaching. And I wasn't sure where I wanted to go. I kept coming back to the fact that I wanted to learn Spanish. So that meant Latin America. Just so happens, like the week after I made this decision, there is a job fair specifically for international schools in Latin America right there in Houston. Okay, I go. And um, first people I talked to, school in Honduras, but there was also a school in Mexico City, um, although it would have me teaching smaller people, and that is not a good idea. Um And so I, cause I I had said to myself prior to that, that I was like really over Mexico. Cause I had been to the border. I had been to like Cancun, Cozumel, uh, Progreso. Like I was like, if that's what Mexico has to offer I am over that. Uh, Ended up going to Honduras and I have a, I, I wanna say a bad habit. I'm always thinking ahead. So I knew from the jump Honduras was not the last stop for me. And so I was trying to maximize my summer travel. And I was like, okay, so in a year, I'm going to be done with this contract. Where where am I going to go then? I want to stay in Latin America. I do my research. It's out of two cities, Mexico City and uh, Medellin. And so I was like, okay. I'll visit one of them this summer because I have plans to go like to Amsterdam and to go to Essence Fest and all of that. And it just so happened I had like this four day window. I was like, that's enough for me to pop in and figure out if this is going to work. And based off of my other travel plans, I said, well, whichever ticket is cheaper, that's the one I'll buy. That was Mexico City. And then the people at my job said, hey, we need to restructure things. And with this new structure, you're going to keep doing your job. But then we need you to be the entire history department for the high school. And um, maybe we can find a stipend. Maybe. (laughs) And so with that, I said, uh, no, thank you. And my ticket that was just supposed to be so I could check out if I liked Mexico City, all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm moving to Mexico City. And so I came on that ticket just to start looking at neighborhoods. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Hello. Chica says not the entire department. That's exactly, I was like, yes, absolutely not. Oh, yes. And I would have picked up six teaching preps between the two semesters on top of my job, my current existing job, which covered pre-K-12. So, no. No, absolutely not. First of all, the audacity to even ask, and possibly a stipend? That's a whole other thing. And they waited until hiring season was over. 
Um, they they waited till the absolute last minute. I don't and I don't know if it was purposely like she won't be able to find another job, so she'll just take this. And it didn't matter. Once I knew they were committed to that course of action, I said, okay, I won't be returning because that is not what my original contract says. And I never considered looking for a job because I was like, I don't feel like going back to work. I'm just going to hang out in Mexico City with my dog. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Either either way, whatever the reason is disrespectful. It's just, it's just highly disrespectful and harmful. Um, Someone did ask, did you visit Mexico before you, before you made the move? But you said you've been to Cozumel and Cancun? Yeah. Okay. I'd, I'd never been to Mexico City before. Mm -hmm. And the border is very different than Mexico okay. City. Yeah. Yeah. The okay. beach is very different than Mexico City. <laughs> you, said, you said the beach? Okay. Yes. Yes. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's lovely is what's lovely seeing people living in Mexico and all the different parts. I don't, we obviously Americans, we can be trash. Our geography is trash. Like our concept of the rest of the world be trash. And so we think Mexico is this one idea that has been, I mean, low key, it's been, uh, promoted to promoted us like to us. don't come here be afraid to be to be here but whole time it's like there's so many different kind of uh temper uh what is it not climates climates thank you yes climates you can get the beach you can get the mountains you can get you know lakes you can get all these different things that you find in the states right and so i guess like for for both of you what about mexico city city made you all say this is the place for me like this is good it's a vibe. Like I don't, there's no other way for me to describe it, but like I touched down here and I was like, I could live here. This is my place. Like I feel very welcomed by the people here. Obviously the food is really great. Um, but it's, it's just full of culture and energy. And I'm, I love an urban environment. I'm a city girl mistakenly raised in the suburbs. Like and Mexico City being as big as it is, I don't know. There's something about it that just, I was like, this is it. This is my place. I, I can figure it out. I love that. Thank you. I think it's just because it, on paper, it looked good. It, it met my requirements. I, I wanted, when I lived abroad, I didn't want to need a car. I wanted to, it to be walkable. Um, I wanted it to be not too hot. And when I got here, I was just like, oh, this is even better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I do like urban spaces. You know, my the other places I had visited and thought could live here, London, Berlin. So like the hustle and bustle, I enjoy that. Um, I know for some people, it can be a little, a little sensory overload, but I love that about this place. Oh, I love that. Thank you both for sharing that. Okay, so how did you all meet? Like, how did how did you all <laughs> you all you let you all lived two different lives? How did you all come together? So technically, our first point of contact was Facebook. We are in um, you know Mexico City Facebook groups and. Um, a mutual friend connected us because I think Adele, you were about to move back. And I was in the mode of trying to figure out for real how I get to Mexico city. 
Um, but we ended up having um, sort of a kismet moment where another woman who was visiting and, and doing her her thing to figure out where she was going to move to uh, invited, you know, an open invitation to cocktails, basically. Um, and it happened to be the day that I was moving to Mexico City. And so Adelia was the other person who said yes to this invitation, despite being an introverted introvert. <laughs> she came out with two strangers. I didn't know. <laughs> there were going to be other people. I did not know that. I thought I was going to have drinks with one person. And then she mentioned, oh, yeah, I am invited, you know, this other person, Ivana's going to come. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and look at us now. Yes, I was about to say, when when you said that, I was like, oh, okay, Adelia being brave and coming out. Because no, no, I would not be showing, like, those, those generic, like, hey, y'all. I'm going to be at such and such place. Anybody want to come have drinks? No, I do not. Uh, but I had, I had had an exchange with this person. And then she was like, you know, would you like to come have a drink at my hotel? I was like, oh, okay. And then to my surprise, Ivana did not suck. See, I don't think you were tricked or set up because the post I responded to was in the main group. I got a personal invitation. I never saw that post. <laughs> Listen, I know that's right. I, I think this is this is really like a testament to what is possible, right? Like what is possible. I don't really believe in, I mean, chance sure. Like I, I think I think everything is orchestrated. That's just my own personal belief. But I do think that sometimes we're so caught up in what is that fear of like what is on there's I don't know what's on the other side but like what you all are saying is on the other side is infinitely happier you know more I mean healthier happier healthier uh like it's almost like you're more of yourselves right than like you were before beforehand yeah yeah did, did you all have any fears about that like starting over and like coming to a new place and learning language I know Mara just asked did you have trouble like learning the language I know some people might be like that's a whole other country I can't do that um I didn't, the language thing wasn't as big of a thing for me. My, I don't, I'm not fluent in Spanish, but I've, I've taken Spanish for many years. So like I can, I could get around and, and deal. Um, I, I guess for me, it was like, I can always go back. Right. Especially if we're talking about Mexico and like, you know, my family's in Denver, Colorado, that is like a three hour flight. So like in the event, everything goes wrong. All I need is enough money to get a plane to get back, back to Colorado and I'll figure it out, right? I can always get another job. I will have somewhere to stay while I figure some things out. And, and so for me, there wasn't a lot for me to lose. Um, I'm also, you know, coming at this from a slightly different perspective in that I didn't have a husband. I didn't have kids. Like it was me. <laughs> no, thank you for sharing that. And yes. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I was ever I had a fear or was afraid. I knew when I left, the plan was not to come back. And I was just like, okay, so I won't come back. Uh, if things didn't, I don't even know if it ever crossed my mind, like, well, what if this doesn't turn out? I was just like, well, I find another international school and I get another job. Uh, yeah, that was, that was it. I just knew, I knew I wasn't coming back. Yes, I just knew I wasn't coming back. And I think that 
that is enough, right? Even if you don't know, you don't, the how that you're talking about, the what that's coming, you, you know what's not, you know what I mean? And I feel like even that's a great starting place to be like, I don't want this. So I'm open to whatever is next, you right. know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So since being in Mexico, since, since choosing you, your, yourselves, like correct English, since choosing yourselves, how, how have you been able to reclaim yourself, reclaim your joy, your peace? Like, what does that look like today? Um, it is me saying no to things without any hesitation or feeling a way about it. <laughs> I think that is a big one. Um, and I think it's, it's, I feel like I'm just more like tied to it, connected with my intuition and that I can make decisions and I don't feel so like, oh my God, what if, what is gonna, it's just like, this is what I know now. And this is the decision that makes sense for me or that feels good and I'm going to do it. And then whatever happens after that, that is more data for me to make a different decision should I need to. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I spent a lot of my life doing things I did not want to do because of obligation or because I felt like that's what I was supposed to do. Like just to kind of like keep the peace, I would do things. And so reclaiming myself is I don't do anything I do not want to do. I do not talk to people. I do not want to. I don't care what is considered polite. You don't know half the time. It, it would, to the certain degree that the stuff that I do know, because there's a lot of it I won't even bother to figure out because I don't want to. Uh, that's that's the big thing for me. I, I I wanted to live a life where I only did things that I wanted to do. And I know there are people who might hear that and say, well, that's just not how life works. That is how my life is going to work. Uh, <laughs> I just I, I've done enough of the other way. So yeah. if I don't really want to do it, I don't. Whatever it might be. Yeah, it's a lot of that. And I think it's balancing short-term and long-term, right? Because I think there's a lot of things that I don't want to do in the short-term that I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to do that. But like long-term, you might want to, you might want to do that. Like, you know, I am also an introvert, so I'm generally not having conversations with strangers but I want to improve my Spanish. And so when someone talks to me, I am more, I have to remind myself, I'm more likely to engage in this conversation for the fact that like, well, you ain't talking to nobody else in Spanish and like, let's just lean into this, even though it's incredibly uncomfortable a lot of the time. No, and that's My good. response is, mm -hmm. how can I make this conversation be over as soon as possible? Even though I do know I should be practicing, right? How can I, how can I get you to stop talking to me? What do I need to say? Uh, I love that, and thank you. I love that both of you just like unapologetically yourselves. I, I think that there is a there's a version I feel like that we have around friends, around family, colleagues um, that we feel like we have to put on. And what, and I could be wrong, but this is what I, this is what I um, observe from both of you. It's like, you are fully yourselves. Like, 
daily like you're full of yourselves instead of having to break yourself off into little pieces and like okay i'm this person here i'm this way here i can't talk about that here like whenever i see you all talking to one another or adelio on your channel you know you're just being honestly yourself like and i feel like that's a freedom that a lot of people feel like they can't afford like they can't they can't afford it because they'll lose respect or you know relationships these kinds of things like and it's really refreshing so that's that's really what i what i want to say no, thank you for that. Because I think it's, it's exhausting. And I don't think we realize how exhausting it is to be putting on a face all of the time. Um, with my clients, it's a lot of like, to your point, I'm this is my professional me. And this is me, you know, at home. And like, obviously, you know, you're going to talk to your coworkers differently than you talk to your partner or your friends. But like, if you're feeling like you have to show up or be someone completely different, that is exhausting. It is. It's like a slow leak. Yeah. It's a slow leak all day. Uh, having to act and to pretend. Um, I do, I do want to ask you all, for other people who are watching and listening, who might be watching the replay, um, what advice would you give them for those people who feel stuck, who feel like, you know, I'm trapped in the day-to-day, -day, I'm trapped in the cycles of my life, and I feel like there is no way out, there is no way that I can do different. Like, what would you offer to them? What would you say? I think first I would say we have to acknowledge that we're not stuck. Like I get, I get a hundred percent feeling that way, but you are not, you are not a tree. You can move, you have, you can pivot and you have options. And even if the only thing that you know for certain right now is what is not working for you, <laughs> use that and say, I'm going to make a different choice. Even if it is a small choice, you know, related to, uh, an event, a relationship, a job, whatever it is, like take that one step. You don't have to say like everything needs to go immediately. That's not everyone's journey. <laughs> Adelia and I made some really immediate big decisions, but acknowledge that it does not always have to be that big for there to be change. Uh, I love that. Thank you. I would, I guess I would challenge them to reframe that. Because it's one thing to say, I feel like I am stuck. It's another thing to say, I am stuck. Yeah. Because if you're saying I am stuck, you're like letting life happen to you. That's kind of a, a victim mentality. And I don't like that. I I don't like that. You, you have choices. So if you can say, I feel like I'm stuck, that's the beginning of, okay, so what's making me feel that way? Mm -hmm. How can I change that? But if your language is, I am stuck, well, like, you want us to come to your pity party? Like, I don't, I don't like that. Don't, don't say that. Yeah. We have to take action um, in some kind of way. And I think that first of, okay, what is true here? What is the real truth here about my situation? And it's usually not that you are stuck. Yes. Thank you for, for that. We have, we have one more power than, than we are taught that we have. Yeah. I, I think that, that feeling of stuck usually for, I know for myself speaking personally, I don't know how it is for everybody, but it's usually from other people, right? It's this person says I cannot, this, this, this system says I should not, right? It, it's not really about me. We don't really go in. We kind of go out first. Mm -hmm. right? And it's that inner critic, right? Of telling us what we can and can't do or using that one thing that happened as evidence that you can't possibly do anything different. Um, and all of that is, to a certain extent, it's made up, right? It's not actually true. It's a story we're telling ourselves. And so if you have the power to tell yourself a story, 
let's make it a good one. You're muted. Oh, oh, am I? You're, you're not now. Oh, I'm sorry. I was, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I was saying that I love that. I, I love, if you're going to tell a story, let's make it a good story, right? Yeah. Like we, we have the pen. What do we want to write on the paper? Go ahead, Adele. Sorry. I also think we have to remind ourselves that we deserve happiness. That is something I did not believe for a very, very long time. And once I did realize that, yes, I deserve happiness. And I, once, I, once I acknowledged that, I was not willing to let anything or anyone stand in the way of my happiness. Mm -hmm. I how, did, Adelia, how did you get to that point? I know when you're talking about before you felt like this is the role that you had to play. How did you get to the point from happiness not even being in your vocabulary to like, oh, I deserve this? I, I think it goes back to that moment where it was like, I, I had a moment where I thought you can continue to do this. This is going to, this is going to end you. You can choose this way or you can choose to do something else. And in that moment, when I, when I chose myself, I guess I was like all in, like, again, don't half-ass anything, do it yeah. with your whole ass. Uh, so from then on, I was like, obviously, you do deserve this. I have a friend who she tells her daughters that all the time, that you are deserving of everything, of everything wonderful. And, you know, it doesn't sound like those are very powerful words, but they are, especially when you did not grow up hearing that. And you internalize that there are things you don't deserve, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, that's for those people. And it's usually not overt, but it, it is there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why Adelia and I did, you know, that we created Reclaim the Retreat is because we want to create a space for women to be able to come to together in community with each other. For community they may not have in their in their everyday life, right? When you are trying to choose yourself and you are trying to maybe make a change and do something different, sometimes you have to be first. And I think that is often what keeps us stuck is we're waiting for someone to either show us the exact way to do it or like, I need to know that I can. And so you need to do it with me because it is scary to be out on this ledge by myself. But sometimes we can't wait for that. We just have to be first. And so Reclaim is sort of the space to come to get out of your normal routine and maybe connect with other people who aren't necessarily trying to do the exact same thing, right? It's not that we're all trying to create the same life, but we're at least open to the idea that things can be different. Okay. I, I would love to hear how you all came up with the idea for Reclaim the Retreat. Like, how did this, how did this even come up in your minds? Because- Oh, the thing. what's going on? It didn't, it didn't it come didn't, up okay. in my mind. Okay. <laughs> She's shaking her head because she absolutely did not want to host it. <laughs> absolutely did not. Um, she I had a traveler, like in my personal life. I don't, I know that people connect that as part of my brand. Like my Instagram is Ivana Run the World. But like in my mind, I'm like, that's not what I do. That's for fun. 
And her friend had been saying, like, her friend who does uh, travel tours, that kind of stuff, was like, you should host a retreat. And I, I don't know because I wasn't a party to that conversation, but I assumed she was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and just so happens one day she casually mentions it in front of me. And I'm the opposite. Retreats were always the end game for me. I didn't know how that was going to happen, what they were going to look like, but that was always like part of some future plan. And so I was like, hey, I've been thinking about a retreat. <laughs> and so it kind of went from there. And we we wanted we wanted to do it in such a way that it fit with who we are, what our values are, how we travel. Mm -hmm. So that's that piece of it is very, very important. In addition, you know, being able to look at both of our paths and see how they were different and what would have been nice to have, you know, some other folks around who were, you know, being first. And yeah. so all of that kind of comes together to be reclaimed the retreat. Okay. okay. There's when you're talking about what I admire about both of you all is that you are conscious of the communities that you're going into. Like, it's not just, you know, a lot of, Okay. A lot of retreats, I'm trying to figure out a way to say this, but a lot of <laughs> retreats can feel very colonizing. Uh, yes. Like they're taking from a place. Yes. Very separate. Yes. Yes. But you all are actually like involved in community with people from the community, right? Giving back to the community. And I think that's, first of all, I just want to give y'all y'all flowers for that. Cause I think that that is, that's really important. There are, there are some retreats that I, that I look at and I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to be one of those people to cause more suffering, right, to their to their place. I don't want to benefit from this beautiful place, but like I'm, me coming here is taking from the people that live there, taking from the environment, right? Like mm -hmm. funding somebody else's pocket who actually has no ties or anything to this place. So how did you all like how did you all come to that decision where it's like, "No, this is really important." Cuz I hear that you talking about even going to Hawaii, for example, right? And my thoughts have like I I want to go to Hawaii, but I want to go in a way that respects the people of Hawaii, right? Not, I don't want to go to the, I don't want to go to the retreat centers with the white folks. I'm going to just say it with the white folks. I don't want to go, you know, to the resorts and things like that. No, like I want to, cause these people didn't even ask those people to be there, right? Like they didn't invite them. They, they came and took up space and evicted the people who were living there, like pushed them out. And then there's a lot of stuff going on. Like with the, I'm, I've been following low key, like the, the fires that have been happening and how they're using that as another like land grab. So that's a whole thing. So how did you all really, uh, what did it take? What effort did it take to be ethical? That's what I'm looking for, to be ethical, to go to these places. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a decision. I think that's just how we travel. Yeah. I think so. Um, and it works out that my friend who we partner with, uh, Dr. Kiona of Reboot Travel, that is her thing, is all about educational travel, of ethical travel, of let us connect with the people here, um, you know, if possible, the, the indigenous people that are here to the best of our abilities. Um, but it's also from their perspective, right? So we want to connect with the people there, but not just in a like, hey, let us come and like, we're here and see how you are, but like, tell us your story. What is your understanding of your country, of your life here? 
right? It's not me to tell you how the people live. You tell me how you live, right? And and how that has maybe changed over time. Um, and I think specifically with Hawaii, that that is really important to us because that is not a story that is often told, right? When we when we think about the United States, we talk about you know the indigenous people. Well, Hawaii has their own indigenous people, and they are also an occupied territory. Um, and so Kiona grew up in Hawaii, and so it is very important to her to bring people there, but in a way that is connected to the culture and the people and understand what has over-tourism done, right? How do the people feel about this being this huge militarized <laughs> set of islands? Um, and so, you know, with us going there, it is about the indigenous people and how they feel about it. And that is tied to what we do, the work we do in terms of a welcoming ceremony, right? That the indigenous people lead us through um, making sure that the hotels that we stay at to the best of our abilities are at least locally owned, right? Do they employ indigenous Hawaiians or, or native people or local people, right? Because the majority of the money that is spent on the Hawaiian islands leaves the islands. I don't know what else you have to add to that. <laughs> well, it, it, I, I was for a moment, I was thinking like, if you didn't know Kiona, I, I don't know how we would have made this happen because neither one of us wanted to do that work. But from the jump, that was that was a given that when we visited a place, it would be coming from teach us about your home versus I just I think back to one of the first trips I took to Mexico and we were I didn't know because I was very new to traveling and so they were like oh we're gonna go to Chichen Itza and then we're gonna go to this restaurant and they had these kids dress up in traditional costumes and come dance for us while we were I was so uncomfortable but I was the only one Everybody else was like, oh, well, look at the show. And I was just mortified. And from then on, I was like, I don't want to do anything that's going to be exploitive. So, like I said, it was a it was a given for us that any retreats we put together would we would try and partner with the people in the place. And like Ivana said, hear about their country or where they're living from them through their lens, not, not ours, not somebody else's. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. We, I had a similar, obviously this is different, but I had a similar experience of just kind of like the people think that it's like cosplay or performance or, yeah, like it's entertainment. That's what I'm looking for. Um, we went to New Mexico for the Hot Air Balloon Festival. Festival. Hot Air Balloon Festival. And um, there were some indigenous folks there. I can't remember the tribe, excuse, so forgive me. But they were doing sacred dances, you know, for during the Hot Air Balloon Festival. And I feel like it was much more of like, a, oh, since we're on your land, fine here. You know, you have your little 10 minutes to do your little dance. And then we'll get back to the Hot Air Balloon Festival. But while they're dancing, people were standing up and talking. And I'm just like, this is so... It, it it just it makes me upset because you don't respect it number one but then also people think that that indigenous folks just don't exist anymore that like they're just no longer here it's something that happened before and when they're showing up in there and they're doing their sacred dances it's like oh you're here to entertain me right and even that idea of we're gonna watch children do dances like that i would be uncomfortable too but we're gonna watch children do these dances for entertainment 
for my entertainment, when I'm on their sacred land, I just, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's very uh, revealing. It's very revealing how like the majority culture sees not just like the rest of the world, but anyone else who is not white. Like everything else is kind of like, I want to say like ancillary or uh, entertainment. Like it's, it's niche. It's, but no, these are people's lives. You know what I'm saying? So yes, go ahead, please. Sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say that's in essence what they're trying to do with us. We we're just being a little stubborn about going quietly into the night, but that's very much, uh, you know, what what they're trying to do with us. Yes, I, I agree with this a thousand percent. OK, so more about this retreat. I, I do want to know, like, who is this retreat for? So you spoke about being the first person. And, and I love what you said about that, because that is profound. Like this idea of, oh, I've, a lot of us say, like, I've never seen anybody do this before. So therefore... I, it's probably not a viable option. Maybe that's a silly dream. Um, but I do want to know, like, who who this is for, like, specifically. Either one. Yeah. <laughs> is that a me question? <laughs> okay, so um, I think uh, the retreat is for, I feel like it is for the, the woman, the femme, who is maybe overworked, who is putting on a facade, who is trying to figure out who she is, right, as the individual, not as in her relationship to other people, because I think that is <laughs> quite often it. Um, but I think as a retreat, everybody is can go on a retreat, right? We all need time to get out of our routines, to experience something new, to just take the time for ourselves and not have to plan every moment of it. <laughs> Right. Not have to worry about how I'm going to get from here to there. Um, you know, I, I think about this in my day to day life. What's for dinner? Having to plan what is for dinner every day might be the death of me. That's that's my favorite part. I just show up when we are on the retreat. I just show up and they feed me. I don't have to think about where we're eating, when, what it's all planned. <laughs> Yes. Um, so I think, you know, it is for that person who has maybe not started the journey that Adelia and I are, are talking about. I think it was great for that. But I also think it's good for people who are in the middle of that or for Adelia and myself, because I, I always need to kind of stop and think about, is this actually still working for me? Or is this another default behavior I've just fallen into that worked before? and not necessarily questioning what is working for me now. What are my my dreams and my aspirations as I stand now versus the Ivana that I was before? Yes, I love that. Thank you. And what you talked about, I mean, I know that you all were joking about the, the food, but that is a big, like that decision fatigue is real. Like, first of all, I'm going to a place I've never been before. I don't know what I'm doing. Yes. First of all, I'm going to a place I've never been before. I don't know what I'm doing. Not joking about the food. <laughs> That's it's really thoughtful. It's really thoughtful so people can be present for what's happening. So I, I really, I really appreciate that. Yes, exactly. Marissa says the brain space that that deciding what to eat takes up. We 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 make a million decisions all day. You yes. know what I mean? Like, and in order to rest, sometimes we need someone else like to take that on to be like, okay, this is what's happening. You know? So yes, and so reclaim is your week to do that. Of you know, once you you land. Everything is taken care of as far as, you know, food, transportation, activities, your accommodations, 
all of that. You don't have to spend another dime if you don't want to during that time. And just, you know, be, we'll tell you where to be when, and as long as you're there, it will all happen. Um, and so it is the cultural aspect. If we have classes, we also do coaching um, so that we can get clear on like, what is your dream? And what is keeping you from having that dream? And how do we make a plan for you to start moving towards that? Um, and then, you know, we have fun stuff too. We go surfing. I was going to say, you, you talked about the community piece because I think sometimes it might seem like a retreat is for someone who knows they have to fix something. And what we discovered is that that is not necessarily the case. There were several retreaters who to the outside would look like they didn't need to be there. But every woman there left that retreat changed. Whether it was greater clarity on this is my dream and this is how I have been uh you know, not coming through for myself toward accomplishing this dream, uh, you know, refining like, this is what I think I'm supposed to be doing and figuring out like, I'm not in that. I'm not on my list of folks that need to be taken care of. So it is really for any woman or femme who enjoys learning, is looking for community, of other people who want to live life differently. Mm -hmm. That's my little two cents. <laughs> yes, thank you. That, first of all, that's, that's more than two cents, but that is, that's beautiful. Um, I, I do wanna ask, what can, I know you all talked about it a little bit, but what can people expect to leave with, right? Like leave this, this week with, and obviously, each person has their own personal thing that they leave with. But even from the past, what have people left with? Yeah, I think a lot of it is clarity and awareness, like like clarity on what, what you want for yourself. But I think even just a better self-awareness of what is it that you need and what does that look like in action? Um, and just that understanding of yourself. I think it is also the tangible of like, no, you leave with a plan. Like there is like, hey, what it, what, what are we going to accomplish in, in this time frame? What are our steps going to be? What's your accountability look like? Um, so it's it's both, I think, the intangible of just getting to connect with other women, of, of getting to learn more about yourself and this new place, um, as well as the tangible of like, let's, let's have steps and we're going to check in with you to see how those steps are going. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for answering this. Um, I, I do, I do want to ask for you all personally, how, what would you say, what would you say to the you of, I would say yesteryear, however long that was for you, like let's say 10 years ago, <laughs> what, what things would you say to yourself 10 years ago on this side of life that you needed to hear or that you wish someone would have said to you back then? I Take guess if what is going on mute says that I have to answer first. Well, I'm I'm over here thinking like, because a lot of times when 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 I see these prompts of like, what would you if you could go back and tell your younger self anything? And usually my first thought is it's always something not to do. And so 
<laughs> like, don't marry that man. Uh, you know, things like that. And and so I've been trying to frame it in. What is some advice of something I would tell myself to do? Um, I don't have an answer. That's why I was thinking. Um, I think for me, it's, it's, I wish I would have come to the conclusion earlier that things don't have to look one way. Uh, because I think I had many of the same dreams and plans and desires that I do now, but I wasn't allowing myself to actually have them because I thought I needed to be a certain age. I thought it needed to look a certain way. I needed to do things in, in, you know, this linear order. Um, and so, you know, being open to, to choosing something different and figuring it out. Thank you. Okay. I would tell myself that you're not crazy. What you're feeling is valid. That would have been really helpful to hear. Yes. Thank you. Both for what both of you said is amazing. Um, but there is a lot of gaslighting. I don't know if that's the right word. Gaslighting, I guess would be the word <laughs> that we experience um in our day-to-day -day lives where we feel like maybe, maybe I'm doing too much. Maybe it's not that serious, maybe it's not that deep, but it's like the soul knows. Like your soul knows when something is wrong. And oftentimes, even if other people can't see it, or maybe they feel like this this is how it should be, like we need to listen in here first, like beyond what other people are saying, right? Or trying not to because it's hard but trying not to allow them to change our mind about what we know like we know mm -hmm. right so yes yes that's big yeah that's big okay I do want to ask both of you what do you get from the retreat like what do you leave with after you all have your retreat weeks um I leave I leave re-energized right like it's a it's a reminder of why I do the work that I do you know a lot of my coaching is one-on-one -on -one, and I love it but it is virtual so getting to be in the real world with other women who are at different points in their journey and getting to share and to hear all of that, um, as well as, you know, at least our, our first retreat in the one in November is in El Salvador. And I love El Salvador. Like, and I'm so, I don't even like outside like that. And yet this country, I love it. And I love being able to bring people there and have them experience it because I do not think it is on many people's lists. So I think re-energized and like, I guess, confirmation, it's, it's re reconfirming, confirming that the work that I do, which is, you know, any and everything to help Black women get free, that I'm not just some crazy lady out here. Like there are people who are benefiting from the the things I talk about and the work that I am doing. Um, so yeah. Thank you for that. I, I literally wrote down my notes as like, down my notes like both of you all's freedom and your choice of yourself is freeing other people, right? Like, and not just with the retreat, not just with, but like seriously, allowing like, yourself to step in and to live a life that you wanna live is showing people what is possible. It's showing people like, oh, okay. And also the way that y'all give it straight, y'all don't cut no corners. It just, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I appreciate that. I, as someone, yeah, I appreciate that. Like, I'm like, yes, 
because you you think things right but you don't think that it's like socially appropriate to say or socially appropriate to think and so when you're hearing other people say you're like oh my god yes like this right i can i have permission to feel this way i have permission to say no i with no explanation what what a concept right but you don't know what you don't see and you all showing and sharing your lives whatever you decide to share with us like is life-changing and it is i feel like you could take that as confirmation too like yes the it's just great and it's helped it's helped me so i appreciate that i appreciate that <laughs> i do i do want to ask you all as we are yes the transparency is healing exactly marissa thank you yes exactly i do want to ask both of you all what what dreams do you have for yourself if any and if not that's also okay what dreams you have for yourself within like in the future now that you are here and you're just because i imagine you couldn't see this where you were then so i guess like for now i guess like for now what else could be possible for what you? else could be possible i don't know yet I'm that <laughs> that I have decided my my word for this year was flourish. I wanted I wanted to flourish, but I also wanted to live with flourish. And one of the things I observed over this year is I need to I need to work on my dreaming because for a long time I did not give myself the the space or the freedom to do that. So, I don't know. But it's 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 at the top of my list, but I don't know right now. Um, yeah, I I feel like a lot of it is I. This is the dream that I wanted for myself, and it looks so different than what I think I thought it would. And so, just being able to sit with that, I think, is where I'm at right now of just enjoying it and being open to like whatever comes next. Um. But I will say I've been toying with the idea of writing a book. And so that I think is is on the on the dream list. You know, very vaguely. That's beautiful. I'm I'm here for it. No pressure, but I'm here for it. I'm sure it's gonna be amazing. Um and Adelia, I love that you said you don't know exactly. Michelle Wright says, I appreciate Adelia's honesty. Yes, because some people when they feel like they get that answer, they feel like they have to come up with this like this huge dream and like I have to like impress people and you're just like you're just so you're like I'm not here to impress you it just like it just is what it is and I don't know and that's a beautiful answer I don't know is a beautiful place to start because anything is possible like you you literally can go anywhere with yeah. I don't know yeah yeah yes so yays from the comments um I do I do want to ask you all as we start to wrap up where people can find you um all the things like all your websites YouTube, all the things. And I'll put them in the chat, but I'll also put them in the description after this video. So yes, please share. Ivana's not on YouTube. No, I'm on Adelia's YouTube channel. Um, occasionally we have a little subset in her podcast in her time with Ivana, where we have conversations about different topics. Coming back to yourself, I guess, is the main, is the main goal. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not on YouTube. I'm on Instagram, Ivana Run the World, and IvanaRobinson.com. You'll find my newsletter there, um, as well as, you know, coaching and things like that. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I am on YouTube, uh, probably more than other places. Uh, I, I have Instagram, but what I post, I, you might not even want to see that. Uh, 
and <laughs> I'm like, what else? Uh, the website, pickygirltravelstheworld.com. That way, if you know, you are interested in learning more about mastering your money, investing, finances, that kind of stuff. My challenges and my programs are all listed there. And I was going to say, like, I'm, I'm supposed to be developing my LinkedIn, but I don't go there. So don't expect me to show up because I've not been going there. So mostly... YouTube and a little bit of IG. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing and, that. and I do want to ask you about the challenge that you have coming up, um, the get invested, getting started with investing challenge. If you could explain to us about that, because investing sounds intimidating to me, right? It's like, I don't know where to start. What am I doing? I would love to hear uh, all about this. Please share. Um. It is, I've, I've talked about it before that part of the reason that I was able to retire at 45 is because I invested in the stock market and I didn't know what I was doing at first. I started late, all of the things I never made six figures. I was a high school teacher, you know? And so for me personally, it has changed my life and it has allowed me a certain level of freedom that I would not have had otherwise. And um, through the course of the work that I do, financial uh, financial education, that sort of thing, I figured I came across all this information about Black women being the least invested group. We have less money and it's, it's it gets more grim if you move into older groups, women over 60 are almost not invested at all. Uh, and I wanted to do something about that. So I started the Get Started Investing Challenge. It is specifically for Black women. It is six days long and takes you from where you are now. And by the end of the week, you make your first trade, your first investment. Um, so if you are a novice, you don't know anything. If you know a little something, but you don't like really understand it, because I get a lot of people who they have a 401k at their job, but that's all they know. They don't know how it works, what's in it, what they should be doing with it. And so those are the people for whom this challenge is really, really for. Uh, it's six days long. We have three Zoom calls and I have added an, um, an online community so that there is a safe space to ask those questions because it's very, very intimidating to ask financial questions in particular in some of these larger public forums because people on the internet be assholes, you know? So um, yeah, that's that's the challenge in a nutshell. It starts October 15th. Okay, thank you for that. And thank and I completely that. agree. It's almost like, they first of all, they don't teach us enough about finances growing up or in school and then they shame you for not knowing what you're what you're doing. It's like, no one has prepared me for anything. Prepared and so then we feel shame. Um, we have shame about our money. And, and also mon people and are very tight-lipped about, tight about money period here. It's like, we can't share how much we, we make, which is, which is a problem. We can't share, you know, what we have or what we're doing um, because we've been taught to be ashamed of the money. So I think having that soft place to be like, okay, great. 
I can come and not know anything is beautiful. It's beautiful. Yes. I see that there are a couple of questions about trading. No, I do not teach trading. I don't trade. I want my life to be filled with ease. And I do not want to engage in anything that feels like work. And to me, trading is work. So I'm not your girl if that's what you're looking for. No, that's good to know. First of all, I didn't I didn't know the difference, but that's good to know too. So so thank you for clearing that up. Cause I think when I hear investing, that's what I automatically think of is like, oh, trading, you know, doing all the things. But yes, yes. So that that makes yeah, it so that, that makes it even well, easier to enter into the room. Like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. So yes. Thank you for sharing that. Thank, thank you. For sure. Yes, for ease. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just oh, realized, yes. Delia, that you're wearing your reclaim t shirt. I am. Yeah. Y'all see that? Yes. <laughs> That's like it's perfect. Did you wear that on purpose? <laughs> or like either way, it doesn't no, matter. No, it's just what I put on this morning. <laughs> yes, yes. That's perfect. It's perfect. Um, I do I do want to ask you both if you have anything that you want to leave this community with, like any anything you want to share, it could be anything. It could be just a note of encouragement or you know, anything that you have to offer anyone here? I'd say that you deserve happiness. Your dreams are as valid as anybody else's. I love that. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I think, I think what is on my, what is on my mind in this moment is that Indecision is a decision. Is a decision, right? We often feel like we're have to do something or that we're not making a choice, but ultimately that is a choice. Um, and you're the you're the only one who has to live with the the consequences of that choice. So, choose you. I love that. Thank you. Thank you both for that. Indecision is still a decision, right? And encourage us, encouraging us not to just sit sidelines to our to our life and allow life to happen to us like we talked about. And then also like you deserve happiness because yes, Adelia, I feel like a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people feel like everything here has to be earned. Shoot, going to the doctors has to be earned. <laughs> like being being healed has to be earned. So happiness is almost looked at as like frivolous, like something extra. Um, and it's like, no, no, you deserve to be happy. Yeah. yeah. So thank you. Thank you both for being here. Thank you to the community for being so loving and so supportive, um, for asking questions, for engaging, for being kind to each other. Thank you to the moderators for keeping us safe, um, keeping everything together. And I want to shout out Wake Up Makeup Slay. Thank you so much for your donation. I really appreciate that. And if you all haven't, please follow Adelia and Ivana um, on their respective uh, channels and email lists. <laughs> and, and please, if you are interested in the Getting Started Investing Challenge, please sign up. If, you, if you're curious, What's, what's the harm? What's the harm in signing up? Um, also, I'm going to also share again the link to the retreat. If I can find my, yes. Um, attend Reclaim the Retreat. Um, it sounds amazing. Copy and paste. And yes, thank you both. Thank you both for being here. Um, I appreciate your, your generosity and your kindness to everyone and your vulnerability. I want to make sure that I honor that. Thank you so much for sharing your story because I'm sure it's touched a lot of people. It has touched me. So thank you. Thank you. All right, thank everyone. You for having us. Of course, of course. Thank you. You're very, very welcome. Oh, yay. That makes me happy. All right. Thank you all so much. And I will see you all next time. Bye, everybody. And I'll 
give me one second y'all but bye everybody <laughs> <laughs>